everyone. Before we get started this week, we need your help. Episode 300 is coming up and we are going to be live streaming. That's right. You heard us right. Live streaming on March 29th, right around 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll put out tweets and all this stuff for you, but we're asking for something, Frank, aren't we? What are we asking for? Yeah, we want to make a clip show, a clip show of you. Yes, you've heard our voices far too much. We want to hear your voices. So we're hoping that uh, people will uh, do a little recording, audio or video, or even both, both at the same time. That'd be clever. Um, Maybe comments, questions, anything. Just say hi. Tell us how the weather is. Anything you got. We just want to have a fun, interactive clip show where, I don't know, we'll still talk about technology because how can we not talk about technology and we'll answer questions and listen to comments and not reply or reply depending on our mood (laughs) yeah yeah i think so i think that'll be accurate if you have lightning topic questions as well that yeah send those in like frank said because it is 300 so it'll be that but anything we're gonna go crazy on this and whatever we record it's gonna be in the podcast but you can join us live we will put links to the youtubes where you can find us live on our Twitter. And of course, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, and you can then hit this, the, the kind of like save you know, thing and you can like put it on there and you get there. But send us an email. Go to merchconflict.fm. There's a contact form. You can send us a link to a video clip that you put on the internet somewhere. It doesn't matter. There's a website called YouTube. You can put private videos unlisted up there and you can just send those. You can put them in a OneDrive, you can put them in a Dropbox. Frank, they could, they could put it literally anywhere on the internet. And you can send that to us or write in something or just go on Twitter. You could also tweet. You could tweet us a video. You could also <laughs> do that. You could literally do anything. We're going to play back those videos live. Like Frank says, it's going to be super fun. I can't wait. It's going to be so much hard work on me uh-huh. to get this done, but I can't wait. I was going to say we accept all formats because James is going to have to deal with the file format. So please, no, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that. Please, uh, MP4, 720p, uh, 27 uh, FPS. No, just kidding. <laughs> Send whatever. James can handle it. He's a professional. Send it in. It is due by the 28th. OK, so <laughs> if you're listening to this on the 21st, you got a week. If you're listening to this anytime after, do the math. You can figure it out. Anyways, merch so right that FM. Yeah, do it right. Just do it right now. <laughs> Literally hit stop on the podcast. You, you can listen to this podcast whenever you only have seven days to, to do this. So, so get in there. iPhones have uh, the voice recorder app or can you just record video with an iPhone? Probably. Yeah. Do there's that. a camera app. Camera oh, app. fantastic. Video. There's a whole camera app built into the phone. Perfect. You can TikTok it to us. You can snap who you can face <laughs> what. You can get all that stuff. Get it over to us. We would love that. Um. I hope right. this is going to work. This is such an experiment, but I'm excited. It's going to be fun. 300. If this does work, we have another two years until episode 400 when we can do it all again. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. All right. Let's get into the podcast, Frank. But before we do, let's thank our amazing... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's I get love your segues. Come on, do no, it I'm just kidding. I don't know. All right. We are talking conspiracies, Frank. Oh. Chip conspiracies. The potato chips. Were they actually originally tennis ball containers and now they're Pringles? Nobody knows. Oh, oh, I, I, I didn't prepare the right notes here, man. No. Uh, I, I was doing supply chain. I, not, not potato supply chain. Um, are chips going up in price? Did I miss something? Is the zombie apocalypse happening again? No, no, no. You're good. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite comedians of all time, Mitch Hedberg. He did this bit about like tennis balls. 
Yeah, tennis tennis balls and potatoes and all such. Anyways, <laughs> go go find Mitch Hedberg. RIP. We love you. Um, lots of funny stuff there. But supply chains? Is there issues in the supply chain? What's going on, Frank? What no, is this no, conspiracy no, theory? No, what are no. you spilling no over here? This, this is this is James's term. So quote quote conspiracy theory over here. Uh, this is some follow up on uh, M M one Ultra Talk that we had. The best chip out there that. I think I've decided not to purchase, <clears throat> but um, uh, so I was, I had posed a question to you of why do you think they glued together two chips instead of, you know, just making a bigger chip, you know, just make it bigger. Right. And do you remember my long drawn out explanation? Uh, well, I think it was something around technology and making things yeah. smaller and faster mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Well, I that that's close enough. Thanks for listening to the episode. Um <laughs> I was making an argument and this is just uh from my last experience with chips that um it, it's a clock thing. So you 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 have to distribute the clock signal, you have to keep it in sync so there are physical limitations to size. Well, well, sir, I have heard a better conspiracy conspiracy theory than that. And mm. it's not actually a conspiracy theory. It's it's economics. Um there are uh, economies of scale, economies of production, and the die sizes, the actual physical imaging devices they're using, the hardware devices that they're using to construct these chips have kind of a sweet point in sales. And I believe what, I don't remember all the die names, they all come in funny size names. But the rough, simple conspiracy theory, simplest answer to all this is, of course, it's just money. It's cheaper to make these two size things than it is to make a bigger sized thing. So perhaps not so much a technology and magic clock thing as much as it is the boring banalities of the economics of the world. That makes logical sense. I mean, we've seen this before um, in, in many, many things. Uh, you know, you can attempt to create the fastest, strongest, most crazy chip, but then your prices are going to be extremely, extremely high. This is sort of a problem. We were talking to our Patreon, uh, not to shout out our patrons, but we love our patrons. <laughs> we're talking about retro game consoles, handhelds, other things like that. And there's a struggle. You think of the Nintendo Switch, it chose a chipset originally, and it's five years old now um, at this point. It, it chose a chipset that was even older than that, right? Because it mm. didn't want to create a and do a top of the line chipset that was going to drive the price up to, you know, five hundred dollars, and no one was going to buy it. However, Frank, this isn't a five hundred dollar thing. They could have <laughs> gone bananas with it and probably charged us a bunch. No, am I wrong? Well, What's it's, the problem? It's even more complicated than that. Um, the way you make a chip these days, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's go all the way into this conspiracy theory. Ready? Okay. Start okay. digging. Get your shovels out. Um, right. Yeah. Chips, they're complicated. We're putting a lot of transistors on there. And we, we do it with flashing lights and grid patterns. It's weird and diffusion patterns and quantum stuff. It's science we barely understand, but somehow it still works out. But we're not perfect. No human is perfect. And what you have when you have something like the 
uh, well, let, let's start with like the M1 Max, which is the biggest single chip thing that Apple is making. It comes in variations. How many GPU cores do you want on that chip? Yes. The key to this puzzle is they're not actually different chips, those two. One of them has working cores. The other does not. <laughs> so what they do is they make the chip. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. What You cut the wires on the parts that don't work, and you sell it at a cheaper price and saying, this is the 32-core version, not the 48-core version. And so even with that, that's a whole nother reason. Like It takes forever to just get that process down and set just for that one chip because even with that beautiful design, a lot of the chips are going to come out not working. So now make that bigger. You know, it's it's not two times bigger, it'd be four times bigger. It's it's area, and therefore mm. your failure rates are four times. It's bad, <laughs> and so it's just harder and harder to make high quality chips that are large. Got it. So so you're saying that there's not two chips. There's not two M1 chips. You're saying there's one M1 chip, but like tweaked. Like, I think I've heard this before in like things would be like disabled in like software or you've bought, you buy like the light version of something, then it, they, they just kind of yeah. snip that thing or they underclock, you know what I mean? Yes. They're like underclock it basically. That's the classic one. Um, so you would manufacture these chips and you would run the clock as fast as you can until the chip didn't work and <laughs> back that off 10% and sell the chip at that speed. This is the four gigahertz version. What's the difference between the four gigahertz version and the two gigahertz version? One just happened to be in a better place on a cleaner spot on a piece of glass. That's all just better. It mm -hmm. just got manufactured better. Uh, that art is still practiced, of course, but we've kind of gotten that kind of stuff quality controlled pretty well. It's more like one transistor out of a billion doesn't work. And now you have to shut down that whole core because that whole core won't work. It's an important transistor, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But I would say that there are three M1 chips right now. Uh, the original M1, the M1 Pro, and the M1 Max. And then you take two M1 Maxes and make an M1 Ultra. And yes. within each of those three, you can get ones with cores and not cores. And that's the um, that's the part of the chip that's working and the part that's not working, basically. So you're saying the idea here is that it wasn't that they couldn't make a bigger, better, a bolder single chip, <laughs> but that already they have the manufacturing process they had secured the supply chain, if you will, <laughs> for the M1 Maxes uh, and the Pros, and that instead of going down and having a whole new supply chain, they took a sliver of a new supply chain, because right? they still had to do some, some interweaving of them putting the two together. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you got to get two working ones. So if you want to get the, I forget what it is, is it the 64 GPUs or 128 GPUs? But basically, you have to get two perfect chips instead of the two not quite so perfect chips. Mm. So it's even harder. It's still harder, but it turns out that's still easier <laughs> and cheaper. Let's not forget the economic part. It's still cheaper than uh, trying to build the bigger one and get the quality level quite so as high as it needs to be for them to make a profit. Got I it. love it. 
I, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see this stuff. Uh, I guess Intel releases this kind of information also, but it, it's fun to see it from Apple and to try to make sense of their crazy pricing. It, it's also interesting because they have um, memory attached to the chip in kind of the same way the two chips are talking to each other in the Ultra. And that's yet another die that they have have to have yet another packaging interconnect with. And it's fun. It's fun to see all this. And then it's interesting to see how supply chain, <laughs> it's not just for cars. Unfortunately, we are in the weirdest technological conundrum I've ever seen of when cheap chips are hard to make for some reason. But uh, it's neat to see Apple's way of getting around it. Um, the supply chain is difficult, and it looks like they made some good bets. I still think we're going to get an M2. It's not like they're never going to make another chip again. I think they're just going to be smart and make all their chips with interconnects and things like that in the future so they can play this game again and again. Yeah, the I mean, this, this does make some logistical sense, too, because as these processors get so, you know, powerful, you know, and so ultra, uh, if you will, <laughs> the the need to attempt to one up yourself with an M2 chip. Um, <laughs> how do you do that? Right. Does, well, and this is the funny part that we didn't even really talk about on, on the podcast last time, last week was that what would an M2 chip even be? I, because they have th- four, well, they have three M1 chips. So would they would have had to come out with an M1 or an M2, an M2 Pro, an M2 Max? You know what I mean? That's literally what the rumor mill is saying right now. <laughs> so, mm. what, okay, Mac rumors. Sorry, everyone. Mac rumors are notoriously bad, but we're, we're in the rumor area right now. My apologies up front. Rumor mill says, however, that we're, we're aiming for about 40 cores. Uh, 40 distinct CPU units. Mm. You know, some will be high efficiency, some will be high performance, but 40 is kind of the magic number we're trying to get up to. Will that be the M2 or not? I don't know, but rumor mill definitely says Apple was true to their word. They're pretty much done with the... um, No, I guess they didn't state it on stage. I was saying, I was going to say that they were done uh, upgrading the M1s, but chances are they are going to move on to the M2s uh, next year. Yeah. It's really funky with their high end stuff, though, right? Because if they started with an M1, then they did Pro and Max, now they did Ultra. And then that was over two years, pretty much, year and a half, two years. So the real question becomes if they do an M2, two is that the m2 now is like the intro level or because you know how normally this works by the way well it really depends right mm-hmm. you you have you know a new series of intel chips and you have the i5 i6 yes. or, sorry i3 i5 i7 i9 and and those are the things and and if you look funnily <laughs> enough at the oh the, it's a the big max, grid it's very complicated the, if you, yeah, it is a big, it's even bigger than that. that but if Intel you, grid, yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you boil it down to three, five, seven, nine, you could you could map those to M1 Pro Max Ultra, funnily enough, in some odd way of saying here are the, the, the four lines. Now, what Intel does is they release all of those at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the question really becomes, is Apple's supply chain not there for them to do an M, um, you know, an M2 or, ooh, rumor mill. <laughs> Will an M2 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just cracked the case. Okay. Does an M2, M2 Pro, M2 Max, M2 Ultra all release at the same time? But Frank, here it is. An M2 is the base. An M2 Pro is two M2s. An M2 Max is four M2s. And an M2 Ultra is eight M2s. The grid is getting big. I I even got lost in yours, but I I, I like it. I I want, I want the, did did you get up to 40 cores and how high did you get up onto that one? Well, okay. So if, so this is, you would have to start if an M2 was five cores, an M2 pro would be 10 cores an M2 max would be 20 cores and an M2 ultra would be 40 cores. I like it. Uh, so I will say that Rumor Mill definitely says that there will be M2, M2 Pro, M2 yeah. Max, perhaps an M2 Ultra. One thing I don't like that the Rumor Mill is saying. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> We're doing Rumor Mill. We, we got to have fun with it. Uh, iMac 27 inch, not dead. So says Rumor Mill. Mm. It will be back in M2 form. Oddly enough, uh, they're saying it's only going to get up to the M2 Max and the Ultra will always be reserved for the studio. Wouldn't that be a weird turn of events? Or I'm, I'm sure like a Mac Pro also. Yeah. I, I'm curious about that. That would make me super sad because I've really enjoyed buying ridiculously powerful iMacs in the last few years. So I would personally like to see an M2 Ultra. But anyway, so they will. It does seem that they are going to have almost a yearly series or maybe two years, three years and have the uh, pro max ultra line of all these chips. Will they release them simultaneously? I don't know. That's, Mm. that's logistically more difficult. I think like they must've built up some experience uh, with the um, M one max before they had the confidence to do the M one ultra you know, I just feel like there has to be something there, but maybe they're just good enough at chips now where they, they're not phased by any of that. Yeah, my belief is that what they'll end up doing, not to what I just said, but I think what they'll end up doing is have an M2 and then the M2 Pro will be two M2s. So M2 and M2 Pro, which is mm-hmm. two M1s, sorry, two M2s. <laughs> and then there'll be an M2 Max and then an M2 Ultra, which is two M2 Maxes, right? So instead of creating, right now they have three chips. I think they'll, if you think of the supply chain issue that they're running into, yeah, they can they can bring that down even yeah. further by one or two, one or two, right? Yeah, I think they they'll have to do that because then if they want to, they could introduce the M2 Ultra Deluxe Super Turbo <laughs> Edition, and uh, then we're ju- now really we're just at Street Fighter names at this point. I'm yeah. Not sure. What goes beyond Ultra? Super Zenith? Deluxe. Zenith. <laughs> We're back to the Zenith brand. That'd be amazing if they bought right. it. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, it, it's it's all still kind of expensive. <laughs> I decided not to buy one of the machines, mostly because I waited an evening because I like to sleep on my decisions. And then they were sold out. <laughs> So yeah. everyone likes the new M1 Ultras or at least Maxes. Every, everyone wants a studio. And by sold out, you know, Apple doesn't sell out. They just give you a couple months into the future. But I decided FOMO wasn't a good enough reason. I'm pretty happy with my setup right now. And I still agree with everything I said on the podcast. Um, but I think I'm going to enjoy my iMac 27-inch Intel for one more year-ish, probably. Nice. Do you think that 
let's get into the rumor mill a little bit here too, because we've seen the chips start to be integrated into tablets and now mm. phones. Do we I think so that weird. this yeah, do you think the same logic is going to start to apply to the phones like the Ultra did? Like, do you think we're actually ever gonna see an uh, a Max or a Pro or an Ultra? I mean, phone? Hmm. Phone. Do we need that? Oh gosh, we don't need iPhone any of 14 this. Ultra. <laughs> because you know, because Samsung does this, right? They have like a they have a they have a, a product line and then they have this ultra deluxe phone that comes out. Mm. It's like it's 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 sort of they're tinkering with the next generation of stuff and they just like jam all the stuff in there. Yeah. It's yeah, it's your what BMW seven series or whatever they used to do that on. Um I, I, you, you had me shocked, honestly, because the M1 is still so good. I'm I'm a little surprised when I, I think I made this joke last time, even when I ask the uh, iPad what its GPU is, and it says Apple M1, and I'm like, that's not a GPU, that's mm. a chip. But it's it's just so weird that that hardware is running it, and that hardware kind of runs fine. That said, um, I think the hardware is far more advanced than the operating system at this point. I love iPad OS. I love iOS, but um, we were joking. I was joking. Wouldn't it be nice if there was just like a second partition on this thing that contained Mac OS? So when mm. I plugged it into a monitor, my iPad just became a Mac because I would love to buy that device. I don't think Apple will ever sell it, but gosh, I would love that device. So will we put an m1 max and an ipad you know james we probably will and i'll probably buy one and i'll be like gosh we really need to make ios better because so much power is being unused here i don't know i we are at a weird stage these m1s just knocked it so far out of the park that it seems like the software has to catch up yeah, I'm really, really curious what they'll do because I was looking at the Samsung website and they have the S22, S22 Plus, and the S22 Ultra. And that leaves Apple in not getting more money. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's yeah. truly what it is, right? And Apple likes money. It's a good thing to get. Other companies like money too, not just Apple. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at an iPhone 13 Pro, it starts yeah. at $1,000, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what if they could have a phone that started at $1,400? That seems pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. I see what you did there. Um, mm -hmm. But there's still a processor upgrade you can do on that phone even, right? On the $1,000 one. I think there's still a processor upgrade there. Well, mm, yeah. anyway, um, I actually do want to add to what I was saying because I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself here. I just converted a neural network from Python over to the iPad on my Twitch stream. Come watch my Twitch stream. And it, it works great, but it's slow, <laughs> mm. really slow, very slow. Now, unfortunately, I'm comparing it to an RTX 3090, which yeah. is really not a nice comparison to do with an iPad, but it's even slower than it should be. That's a, probably a good chunk of that is my fault. I have to figure out how to make my code more efficient and things like that. But at the same time, I can write really inefficient Python code and a Linux box with a 3090 can run it, you know. 50 times faster than what I'm getting on the iPad right now. So not saying that like 
again, it's a software issue. You know, the power is there. I'll also comment on there was a little bit of trickery, more more conspiracy theory stuff here. So Apple had a cool slide where they said that the M1 Ultra had the performance of an RTX 3090, which is exactly what I was just talking about. But star, 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 asterisk, that's about video encoding performance. And it has says nothing about video game performance or neural network performance, which are the two things you do with the video card. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big video encoder. Maybe you are. You, you live the YouTube lifestyle. Are you, are you excited for 3090 levels of video encoding speed? (laughs) I think if my, if the software I use supported it at all, my software Camtasia does everything on the CPU. So, so that's great. It it Uh, is a general purpose computing unit. Might as well use it. Yeah. But right there, ignore that GPU. It's not doing anything. Just let it hang out. It's, it's, let it let it cool down. It didn't do anything all day. Why should it do yeah. anything at night? Now, things like DaVinci Resolve, for example, will take advantage of that stuff. And that being said, you know, if you are video editing and publishing stuff, you think of like Channel 9, right? They're publishing, mm-hmm. doing tons of encoding all day. Imagine, you know, imagine you take like a conference like .NET Conf or Build. You got to pump out these videos. And yeah. the faster you can do it, the faster you can upload it the faster you can process them across the board. It's, it's from start to finish, because even once you upload it to YouTube, it's got to process again. It's got to de- yeah. it's, These videos are being encoded like 5 billion. And then times. Twitter rejects it for no reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, okay. so I'm just saying it, it, it's just a slightly, okay, I get it. It's a use case and video editor people do, do max. But, I get it. But, I get but, it. But, 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 not, but not for most people. Right. It's not the one you do the chart about, you know, you do, no. you do how fast can it play whatever games kids play. I'm trying to name a modern game and I can't even name a modern game. Um, uh, Call of uh, Duty 3000. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Fortnite. 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 The kids yeah. play Fortnite, right? Yeah. Uh, so, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. Show me 120 fr- frames per second on Fortnite, uh, you know, 4K, or in my case, show me it train picks to picks in 30 minutes, you know. But, but why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it do, uh, I mean, why? Why wouldn't okay, it do, well, do this, though? I'm there are some, more... uh, there are a few fundamental things. So uh, video encoding itself is usually dedicated hardware. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a cheat. Because you're, then you're not talking about the standard kind of GPU threads the way you normally program a GPU. The way you program a GPU is you write a little kernel function in a C-like language, and that thing gets run on 10,000 threads all at once. You know, it's, it's a massive um, uh, multi-threading architecture. That's what a GPU is. Video encoding is like a little magical piece of hardware <laughs> embedded in all of that that is able to encode video frames very quickly. That's why I think it's a little bit of a cheat. But we can also talk about uh, different classes of hardware. I brought this up on Twitter. The 3090, um, a, a desktop class, and I'm talking about desktop class GPUs. Things are a little bit different on the mobile class ones. The desktop class ones always do 32-bit floating point operations. You know, that's it's, it's our yeah. favorite. It's always yeah. been a little frustrating to me because sometimes I want to do 64-bit, but as you might remember from your shading shader language days, you can't <laughs> do 64-bit math. <laughs> they hate it. No 64-bit math. So everything's 32-bit math. Uh, but one thing that the M1s inherit from 
basically starting out as mobile processors, is they're able to do 16-bit floating point math. Mm -hmm. And they actually can get quite a bit of performance uh, bump over 32-bit because you're literally doing half as much work, you know? So it... It, it would have been nice to see a real comparison from Apple to see, like, even cheat a little. Say, like, hey, we ran this uh, neural network at 16-bit instead of 32-bit, but check it out. It actually did beat the 3090, or it was competitive with the 3090. You know, I... I don't, I'm not even saying I want an Apple, but Apple's, I just want something a little better than encoding a video frame because, yeah, I guess there's people out there that encode video frames, but I just don't care. <laughs> now, do you think that they, in, like, in this conspiracy theory that you have, mm, Frank, mm. of Apple, <laughs> you know, holding back in some way, do you think that they tried? To... Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> In the conspiracy theory, I, I have no facts, but they must have, because that would have been a huge thing to brag about, is to say that it's running a standard neural network at the speed of a 3090. That how, how can... this? Okay. How can this tiny chip, a little bit of a tiny little thing, how can it have the same performance as this huge whomping of a GPU that how is it possible frank well step one take your gpu apart and notice how many chips it actually is it's a big cpu chip and then another big chip to process the pci x16 pipe and mm. then a bunch of other little ram chips mm. the m1 does not need the pci chip it's already built into it it doesn't mm. need the little ram chips they're built on to the well, it's a separate die, but they're in the same package. So they're all right next close to each other. And then uh, what What else is a giant graphics card? It's a giant heat sink. Well, you know what the Mac Studio is? It's a giant heat sink. <laughs> so you can think of the Mac Studio as a GPU just sitting there that also has, you know, um, what, an SD card slot. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some Thunderbolt 4 outputs, Frank. So do GPUs. <laughs> Inter- I never really thought about opening up a GPU. I mean, because they're so big, but it does right. make sense that because they're generic and have to fit in it, they basically have to be a small computer Yeah, all in one. Yeah, so they have to build a whole computer there, and that's what's taking up all the space. And they might even have, you know, I, I don't want to talk, act like I know everything about GPUs. They might have multi-chip ones and things like that. But all the fundamentals of what I just said were correct. Um, there, there's not much there. It's a computer interfacing to another computer. Interesting. They're very expensive. So, yeah. So what, what it needs to come down to is everyone's just got to get their hands on these machines and we'll get some actual benchmarks doing some actual workloads. We'll see how many Bitcoins it can mine. <laughs> we'll see how many neural networks it can train. We'll see how fast it can run Fortnite. And then we'll get some hard numbers. I'm still I'm still very hopeful. I don't want to make any of this conspiracy theory sound like I think Apple's lying or anything. These are obviously amazing chips, but I'm excited to see what their real world performance is like. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like when The Verge or Engadget do these breakdowns of we opened a browser for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially on laptops. Like 
we played back YouTube for 48 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's mostly what people are doing is I was going to joke early on where you're saying like, how fast could it do like render like X, Y, Z? I said, how fast can it open wallstreetjournal.com? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you load all these JPEGs and display them in Finder? How fast mm-hmm. can Finder show a directory of JPEGs? That's a valid question. Yeah. Valid question. Can the operating system, it's the the core OS take advantage uh, of it? Because, you know, what I'm living and breathing every single day is like I click on the start button and things come up and I want I want everything just to be faster. So I guess the core operating system also has to be optimized to take advantage of these optimizations in the chip. Yeah, I I would say, but I think the beauty of the design is its simplicity. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it has that unified memory architecture and the M1 Ultra is actually running its memory faster than my um, NVIDIA RTX. I forget exactly what speed the RTX is, but um, the M1 Ultra is able to get 800 gigabytes per second of bandwidth. And that's faster than gddr6 ram at this point so they have fast memory you know unix scales they don't have to change the kernel that much it's a very simple architecture all that memory you know when i'm whenever you're doing um gpu stuff if you've done this (laughs) using a low level thing you know you have to synchronize buffers from time to time like if I want to load a character texture, first I loaded it into CPU memory, and then I have to synchronize that up to GPU memory. Mm-hmm. And then if I modify the GPU memory and want to actually save it to disk or something, I have to download it back to the CPU and then do that fiddly stuff. The beautiful thing about a unified memory architecture is you don't have to do that. The GPU can access the exact same memory that the CPU can access. Nice. Simple. Makes sense. Yeah, iOS or mobile programming. You know, it was good. I'm glad mobile programming has influenced the desktop market. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, anything else you want to cover on this conspiracy theory podcast? Uh, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll have more to add to it in the future when the M4 is out. <laughs> then then we'll really know what's going on. <laughs> um, I want to say uh, a few things before we go. So obviously, everyone heard about our. Amazing uh, upcoming 300th episode. Please mm-hmm. go to Merch Combat Defense. Send in some stuff. We'd super appreciate it. If you're interested in supporting the, the show even further, we have a Patreon. You get bonus episodes every single week. We just recorded one. It's super fun. We talked about retro portable handheld consoles. Go check that out. You get the whole back episode. You get exclusive RSS feed, all that good stuff. Um, we love also when people just you know comment on the podcast, hit us up on Twitter, anything like that. We have a Discord button uh, on there as well. So nice little community there. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just want to also give a shout out to, you know, Frank live streams over on his Twitch. Uh, okay. I live stream over on my YouTubes. I also put up videos on my YouTube as well. And I do want to, I do want to, we did an entire episode, I think, on source generators. Did we do one on source generators? Um, yeah, because that's when we unfortunately use the term hacky a little too much. Okay. I just did a video on MVVM source generators in the Dynamic oh, yeah. Community Toolkit. I saw that. And, and we need to do a whole episode on it because okay. source generators have officially blown my mind. I'm all in 100%. Great. I love everything <laughs> that's happening here. It's amazing. Okay. Um, and okay. this library that's- has changed my life. And you just need to find out. And, and there's this new thing called mm-hmm. incremental source generators. But we'll get to that another day. If you're <laughs> interested in any topic, send it into the show. We'd appreciate that. 
let Frank, what you are going to do. Are you going to buy a new Mac? Are you in the conspiracy train like he is? What's going on over there? I know I'm not going to buy anything because I don't have any money to buy any of these devices because <laughs> I just bought a new M1 MacBook Air a year ago and it's still awesome. Perfectly so, fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. By the way, those chips, all four of them, they're all fine. You, yeah. Any of them will work for you any day. That's the joke. Yeah. Get the cheap one. It's fine too. <laughs> it's completely fine. I kind of want the pro, but also the normal one's just fine. Um, I do. I really like my MacBook Air. It's great. It's it's a wonderful machine. It's very portable. It's always snappy. It loads the Wall Street Journal very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. That's all you need. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's Merge Conflict. Hit us up at MergeConflict.fm. But until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.